Hello, you're listening to the Burst Ball Scottish Football Podcast number 163. I'm your host for this episode, Andrew Gabba. Just look back over all the glorious, glorious Scotland action over the weekend as Hamish Carton. Hamish, how are you doing? I'm very well, Andrew Gamba. Thanks very much. Just munching on a bit of toast here. It's uh, late afternoon, but yeah, I'm uh, looking forward to doing back in the podcast and chatting about everything that's wonderful about Gordon Strachan. Everything that is wonderful about Gordon Strachan. Johnny Clark, you're here to talk about everything that's wonderful about Gordon Strachan as well, aren't you? Yeah, that's exactly why I'm here. Six months away, but Gordon Strachan has taken me back to the podcast. So yeah, I'm, I'm delighted to be back. Excellent. And the mainstay... Lewis Kemp, the immovable rock. The immovable object. The uh, yes, happy to be back <laughs> the, once again. The cynic of Burstball. The cynic. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Explain. That is you. Uh, no, we'll let the listeners just uh, let that mellow over their ears. But um, <laughs> I, ju- I just I always feel that you are. I don't know if cynical is the right word. Maybe it's just you are the truthful one. But I always mm. just think that uh, listen to the, the podcast. Um, yeah, we'll go with the truth of Lewis Kemp then. Interesting. Okay. <laughs> Excellent. Well, there is one truth, we think, and if Scotland win their next two games, they will be going to a World Cup playoff because of their victories over Lithuania and Malta. Um, we'll start off with the game against Lithuania and go in chronological order. Um, Stuart Armstrong, Andy Robertson and James MacArthur scoring um, for a 3-0 win in Lithuania. Um, never an easy place to go is the cliche. Very easy place for Scotland to go. Uh, I don't even know if that cliche is true. Johnny yeah. will probably know best. It's only a uh, second win in nine there, Gamba. <sighs> okay, traditionally an easy, never an easy place to go for Scotland. However, it was very easy for them. Two nothing up at half time. Yeah, no, it was a really, really efficient performance. I think the the general consensus before the match was that people felt it was going to it was going to be a draw. We were going to drop points. I think people felt after the game at Hamden that Lithuania were were much better than perhaps they are. Maybe that was an unfair reflection that game away at Hamden, whenever it was. Um, I always felt Scotland would win the match I certainly didn't think Scotland would win the match 3-0 um, I, I can't really remember the last time that Scotland went away from home to a team that isn't an absolute minnow a team that isn't a Malta or a Gibraltar or something like that and, and put three goals past them and won so emphatically And um, I, I think the team talking about Friday on its own I think the team deserved massive credit for the way they played I think Lithuania had two chances in the match, alright they have a great chance at 0-0 if that goes in then it may be a different game but I think the way Scotland played, I think the performances throughout the team tell me that Scotland would have won that game no matter what happened and I, I think it was uh, seen as a bit of a turning point I think um, a lot of people would agree with that and certainly Gordon Strachan felt that um, it, it was a really really good performance and, and obviously built into Monday another good one. There was, I know there was quite a lot of people saying that. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll throw Ryan under the bus here, basically. And, you know, he was. I saw his tweet basically saying that it would it would have been better all for. I don't know. Want to say soul or, or spirit or whatever. If Scotland probably had dropped points in this game because the qualification campaign, it wouldn't have given us this optimism we have going into the games against Slovenia and Slovakia, where we can still qualify. Because if Scotland hadn't gotten anything out in Lithuania, that's it. It's done, isn't mm. it? But the fact they've won so comprehensively, and of course they got they got the job done against Malta. We're now kind of looking at this thing. Actually, there's there's a decent chance here, which is the Scottish way of doing things. You're you're not wrong, Gamba. But I think I don't know. You're probably right. I do think that there is. That's that's exactly how I feel. Pretty much, there's a decent chance. I think Slovakia are probably a slightly better team than us. But if we can't, I th- I think they're more than beatable, especially at Hamden. Um, 
Slovenia, I think, were were slightly better than a slightly better team than them. Probably the exact mm-hmm. reverse of of Slovakia. Actually, they'll probably be saying the same. They're a slightly better team, but we've probably got a good chance against them at home. And really, I, I don't know. I was at Hamden last night and. It was pretty uninspiring, but as you say earlier, you said the two words "job done" that pretty much sums it up. Um, the result, the performance against Lithuania was outstanding, but I just, I, I don't know, I can't see it, and I don't even think it. If we don't make it, I don't think it's glorious failure. I think we should really be aiming to make the playoffs just now, and anything else, I don't, I don't really even see as glorious. To be honest with you, if we don't make it, it's disappointing for me N- nothing really glorious failure I'd be I, d- I do think that we've got to remember we're the third seeds in the group but we still at this point against a Slovakia with a Slovakia team that's hardly they're not on the level that Poland were or probably not even the level well Ireland took points off Germany last year so it's a bit last qualification so it's a bit different but I don't think they're the same level as that Poland team that we played I think they're beatable and I think we should really be looking now to, to finish the job um, an interesting one that you said earlier Hamish and I'm going to bring in a nice stat here that I stole off um, SPL stats on Twitter it's actually the first time we've won by more than one goal against a, n- a non-pot six team in 12 years in qualification Jeez, <laughs> that was Slovenia in 2005 I think it was so there See, you go. that doesn't surprise me, Johnny, because I, I was thinking there, I couldn't think. I mean, you think of the, the previous groups off the top of my head, I think of Georgia were the no, Lithuania of this group, if you like, and we went there and obviously lost, and I think they would have been the same back in 2008, and, and we lost, and we always seem to have this habit in games like Lithuania, away Macedonia, another one I can think of that we lost mm-hmm. uh, way yeah. back in whenever it was, 2010, something like that. Um, we always seem to struggle away in these atmosphere to teams who, let's face it, like Lithuania aren't a, they aren't a good team. They're, they're a half-decent team at this mm. level and they're a tough game for a country like Scotland. But if you want to qualify, you need to be taking, never mind four points, you need to be taking six points off Lithuania. And it's that Definitely. it's that 1-1 draw at Hamden that I'm telling you right now is going to come back and haunt us, I think, because... That we had to beat Lithuania at home um, in that match, and, and for me, I said it was over at that stage. And looking back, that was obviously a, a massive overreaction because it's not over. We're still fighting, but I, I just think that we're going to come slightly short, and it's going to be that Lithuania home game that we're going to be looking back and ruin. I actually remember um, when we were discussing the Lithuania game, uh, the, the home game, um, and I think myself and I think you as well, Hamish. I think we we're quite brutal. Uh, and I was saying, I think we both kind of said that's it. Like we will not qualify if we're drawn one each um, uh, with Lithuania <laughs> a hand. And uh, yeah. I, think, I remember Ross kind of saying, uh, "I well, uh, it's definitely not over. It's still, still a chance." And, and he's right. But when it comes down to this kind of period, the kind of crunch time, then it is results like that. You think, "Oh God, I wish we just got the three points there," kind of thing. And I, you obviously don't want to be too um, too doom and gloom um, about the whole thing because it has I mean it was a really really good performance that being said I didn't think they were particularly great I think they've regressed quite a bit since we last played them um, but at uh, the end of the day it's, it's two wins in the trot and uh, it's it's job done What do you think then Gamba? Do you think that we'll, we'll make the second place or do you think we're going to fall short? No, I think we'll fall short. I think, I, 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 I think you, I think you are right with the Lithuania game. But I mean, 
that's probably where we we messed up. I think if we wanted to, I think if we wanted to qualify, we would have had to hold on against England because, in a sense, mm-hmm. we would have recouped those yeah, points we exactly. lost against Lithuania yeah. if we'd gotten the result against England. But the fact that we can't da- defend the diagonal ball into the box, I think that is going to cost famous, us in the end. It's a famous Tom English saying is that you need a. Um, a marquee result usually to qualify and for me that if we'd have beaten England it would have completely cancelled out because suddenly you'd be looking at Lithuania um, and England two home games four points and you've beaten Slovenia at home as well with Slovakia to come and Malta we obviously beat them so our home record if we'd have beaten England you'd have actually looked at and gone that's been an alright kind of campaign but we didn't hold on to that lead and I, I just feel that I just feel that we're going to come slightly short um, yeah. I mean, we, we talk about this kind of this false hope that it's this is always a hope, though, isn't it? It usually does go late on into the campaign. I think back to remember the Holland home game, the last game of the campaign, and the yeah, one out, Burnley. yeah, the one away in Spain as well that we needed to like, get a point away to Spain. So it's like it, <laughs> it always it always seems to come down to this kind of false hope, and I, I hate to compare us to other countries' needs, but you look at a team like Northern Ireland who are just. They're like they've qualified in second place now. They're going to be in the playoffs, and you just compare it to us, kind of almost clutching at straws now. And they're just safe. And what you would give to be in that position? And yeah, I mean, it is, it is mental that we've conceded ten goals in this qualification. No, I've conceded look- two. <laughs> that is that is the problem with the team, isn't it? Like that's the. It's just. I mean, I know it's like that kind of thing of just like, ah, right, well, if you concede goals, you are going to lose football matches. But the fact that we're, we're going into this game. I mean, behind Slovenia on goal difference hmm. is just very annoying. It's just a complete inability to defend. But, you know. And it's not as if we haven't scored as many goals as other teams. We've got, what, 14 goals? Yeah, was, uh, England have 16. Yeah, Slovakia have 14 as well. Yeah, we were also it's ahead just... of them last night on goal difference before we only put two past Malta and they smashed um, Lithuania 4 nothing. Yeah. Yeah. The thing that's going to annoy me most probably about this qualification campaign is we, no Johnny kind of touched on it the glorious failure I don't think this will be counted as part of the glorious failure yeah, because yeah. we should have qualified in my view Yeah, this is, this is an average this is your average qualification group that you get when you're a third seed I think there's nothing really special about it um, mm. England aren't one of the best teams in the pot one for sure there's, we could have had Germany, Spain Maybe that would have even helped us because they would have just, oh, well, well, as we've seen the last time, Germany didn't exactly help us. But, yeah. you know, Germany this time, <laughs> I've mopped up eight wins out of eight. That could have helped us if we'd had a team like that. Um, but I think Slovakia are a pretty middle of the road second pot team. There's a lot harder second pot teams um, than, than Slovakia. We could have, I mean, look at you look at the group with the Netherlands, France, and, and Sweden in the one group. That's, mm. a, that's a really, really hard group. but I think ours is pretty middle of the road. Slovenia are a decent team for pot four. There's no doubt about that. We've we've done the job against them at home. Um, but that, the one that will annoy me is is England more than Lithuania. I just I thought for seventy minutes against England we were really poor. We didn't even give it a go. And then two bits of genius from Lee Griffiths, and we can't hold on for thirty seconds. And that's gonna that's gonna turn out to to be what's gonna cost us. I think. Um, obviously, Lithuania at home should be three points, but we, the England game just upsets me when I even think about it. How we didn't win that, I don't know. For one, 
30 seconds and you just knew it as well you just knew we weren't we weren't going to hold yeah, on it was half a minute and we just it really has gotten just thinking about it but I I say I really of course I hope we qualify but I, I'm still not totally convinced that we're good enough to win to get six points from these two really really difficult games well not really really difficult but two reasonably difficult games I'm not convinced we're we're a good enough side to get six points from Slovakia and Slovenia I think though the, the reaction's been really interesting uh, to me, like in the papers and stuff, and um, just like social media and that. It's almost like all oh, the campaign's back on track, but uh, I don't know. It's just uh, end of the day, we should be winning these games anyway. I think, like if if you all want to qualify, um, and I just think like the, the bigger job is yet to come. Like these next two games are like we still need to win both of these games and. I, again, I, I obviously I'm I'm conscious that um, maybe maybe a bit of a negative given we've just won two games on the bounce and I don't think we've done that um, well competitively at least for for a wee while. Um, but I, I just I always fear the worst with Scotland and especially when we're going to games where uh, we're maybe looking for the three points or we're maybe expecting the three points. I mean, that, that's maybe just a, a symptom of the kind of generation of Scottish football that, that we come from, Scotland's. <laughs> apart from one qualification campaign have never been a, a source of kind of joy and optimism for us mm. so yeah. <laughs> yeah, it has always it's a good for us it always us. has been nearly or almost there and I know the the thing this this year is this time but it just it, it never it, it never fucking is is it <laughs> you know I think sorry it, Hamish no sorry I think it's fair to say that some of the optimism um, or probably a great deal of optimism has come from the last four results I think you look at there was almost like a turning point after the um, I think was it Slovakia away was the, the game before Slovenia at home in terms of the group and there was almost a kind of turning point yeah. there in the fact that Gordon Strachan introduced um, Armstrong he introduced Griffiths into the team um, Tierney I think pretty much one of his first games as well Scott Brown came back I know these are all Celtic players but Scott Brown came back from his uh, kind of two week retirement whatever it was and I think that the fans have really got a hold of this team they see how well this team the nucleus of this team is playing for Celtic and I don't think it's a coincidence at all that the likes of, of these players like the difference Armstrong and Griffiths have made to the team and you add in the performances of Andy Robertson um, who, who's been probably our best player Incredible. over the last few games? He's just he has just a brilliant. He's playing at the top of his game. The move to Liverpool has just given him so much confidence. It's like it's almost as if he believes he's now a real top top left back. Um, and I, I think a, a lot of the confidence and the the kind of good feeling around the team at the moment has come from results. But I think you can't underestimate the fact that there is like a a new feeling around the team. I think this is this is probably the the kind of biggest. Uh, Kind of up we've been on probably I'd say since the Republic of Ireland win. Um, I don't think they're they're comparable in terms of how how good the results they were, but I'd say that the country is believing again, and that that's a good thing. I think Gordon Strachan's got get many more fans than he had after. I mean, the cat remember the Canada friendly only what probably oh, two Jesus. two months ago, probably three months, and um, the turnaround since then has been absolutely incredible. And uh, I, I think you just I, I would just say. I don't think this team will be able to get six points from Slovakia and Slovenia but then again maybe it's a new Scotland team and maybe if you take not the whole qualification campaign but maybe if you take the last four games eh, which is what this team have effectively played 
Um, maybe they'll surprise us. Who knows? Maybe this is maybe this is the future of Scotland. I I do think this team is is pretty exciting. This is one of the things I was going to come on and talk about in terms of. But I, I've got the team in front of me from the the, the Malta opening game, and the Malta game just there. Um, I'm just going to go through the the lineup and we've been pretty down in Scotland considering they have won two games in a row so we're just going to talk about the kind of positives I mean the team from the Malta game Gordon Tierney Berra McGrew Robertson Brown Forrest Armstrong MacArthur Phillips and Griffiths and the game from the, the Malta game back in 2016 Marshall Patterson Martin Handley Robertson Fletcher Bannon Snodgrass Burke Richie Martin now the obvious one there that kind of stands out Robertson's still in the team but mm. uh, completely changed days and it was I, I believe the stat was it was it was the uh, the two Malta games were played on exactly the same day, just a year apart. Um, yeah, it's funny. Would the Scotland team? Fu- would the Scotland team that played last night and won two 0 beat the team that beat Malta five one? It's funny what happens <laughs> when you actually listen to um, the media and the fans and whatever, and don't actually be as stubborn as striking usually is. Um, <laughs> essentially, what everyone's been saying for the last what couple of months is put Griffiths mm-hmm. in the team. Uh, uh, put Armstrong in the team and th- now the kind of call is oh you need to put McGregor into the team which I totally agree with however mm. I mean maybe not the, the starting of it but certainly the squad um, but I I don't know it's just I think Strachan's kind of backed down a wee bit um, I think he, he almost kind of backed down in that um, I seem to remember the England away game as well I know we're talking about the Slovakia game but the England away game he did seem to go a better team whether I'm getting hammered and then that was like that was his kind of last stand. If, if you folk remember that, like that game was like, I think for seeing as a lot of people, like it was what was going to be Strachan's last game kind of thing. And it's funny how things yeah. have just oh, completely yeah. changed since then. Um, but I think I a, mean, a big it, part it, of it is yeah. just bringing in these players that should have been in the squad um, last year, or, or at least at the start of the campaign. I mean, the team was going absolutely nowhere. Yeah. Like, they were going into these games after the Slovakia. Uh, in the England game, I think the England game was actually after the Slovakia game, and they were they were going absolutely nowhere. People were wanting striking out. The majority of us were wanting striking out. We wanted someone new in, and then he's just seemed to blood these players in, and they they don't they not even needed time to get used to it because they're footballers. And if you're Stuart Armstrong going into a team with Scott Brown, Forrest, Tierney, and Gordon and Griffiths, you, you know what you're getting. You play with them every other week, and when you add in. Andy Robertson, who I think is a terrific footballer. I think James Morrison is a good player. I think MacArthur can be frustrating, but I think on his day he can be a good footballer. I think we've got players there that can make a difference. I, I honestly, I, I just the the transformation. I didn't see it coming in Gordon Strachan, but he's almost been given a, a new lease of life by these players. And I think you've, I do honestly think you've got to separate the team that played at the start of the campaign and, and the team that played last night, I think you've got to separate those two teams and you've got to give credit to these um, what 14 or 15 players over the last four games that have been, I think they've been really, really good. I mean, what, 10 points from Slovenia at home, England at home, Lithuania away and Malta away, were they taking that? Yes. Uh, Johnny, do you, want to, do you want to add anything to that or do you think it's all been said? Yeah, just, I, I agree with what you said at the start. It's important maybe to be a bit more optimistic I, th- I think after the Lithuania game I was relatively optimistic I mean you can forgive me for being a bit depressed after last night going to the game having to pay 20 quid when I was pretty I was full of the cold and that anyway but yeah, that's that's probably a separate issue um, hmm. it was somewhat depressing but 
probably would have just been a good choice to watch it on the TV. But yeah, there is a probably a bit. The two squads are different, but you have to look at the the previous one. I mean, the names that you mentioned there should still been have been good enough to do better than what they did to beat Lithuania at home. I mean, someone mentioned the team that played Lithuania away and Lithuania at home, and you you know we started with Richie Snodgrass, Burke. Um, players that were definitely good enough to, to beat Lithuania at home and it's, it's frustrating but I think the important thing is now that we as Hamish has, has said already we've we've got this kind of winning almost like players that are used to winning football matches which I think with Scotland we're not we don't really have we're not accustomed to that we normally have players who are playing for middle of the range teams in the English Championship that aren't used to winning all the time and maybe this winning mentality with six Celtic players that are winning every week, maybe it can be a good thing for us. But I, th- I think the, the the team now's, as I say, they've got this winning mentality. They they're used to winning. They know what it takes to go to places like Lithuania and win. And yeah, we've not had that in the past. I would say. I don't know what you guys think, but defence for me is is still a problem. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we've got two clean sheets in the last two games, so maybe it's not being talked about just. Just as much just now, the fullbacks are good, but I mean the, yeah. the centre halves. Yeah, there's. I mean, I think Berra. You gotta give Berra and Mugra credit. They both played well over the last two games, but they're not international quality centre halves. Mind you, Northern Ireland. I've hardly got the most glitz and glam defence, and they've only conceded two I've goals. Got a Thirty million pound player. Well, they've got a three million pound player that Man City are willing to pay thirty million pounds for. That's mm. what they've got. It was it was a bit worrying when Mulgrew went off and Hanley came on like that. Yeah, that, that makes me that feel for all sick. this this team that he's got now are good and they are competent. It's maybe the bench isn't that deep, you know. Mm. We um, ju- we just don't have centre backs, Gamble. Like we don't because I would say <laughs> I would say to you right now, Berra and Mulgrew aren't international centre backs, as Johnny says. But who who are you honestly replacing them with? There isn't one out there. Nah. there is not one. I'm not taking. Liam Lindsay or John Souter or anyone like that or anyone there is not another there's not a standout player for me that I know about anyway um, that that could step in it and be a, an international centre back so while that's there I mean I know it's all about qualifying for tournaments but I mean like e- even if we did qualify for a tournament which would be amazing can you imagine the scalpings we would take if we got there with that centre back pairing like it is it is mm-hmm. worrying. Yeah, Mulgrew plays for a League One team in England. I mean, he's not mm. better really plays for Hearts. Yeah, and they're probably both playing for yeah that sort of standard. They're sort of similar standard teams, probably Hearts and Blackburn. There's hardly a mountain of equality between them. But if we can keep clean sheets in spite of that and keep things tight against, let's say Northern Ireland, in spite of their thirty million pound centre half or whatever you want to call them. They've hardly got the most star-studded defence, and they're they're well organised. If we can be that as well, then hopefully, in maybe not in thanks of, but in, rather in spite of the defence, maybe that's a bit harsh on them. We can we can get the results. Do you think you would ever put Tierney at centre half when Patterson comes back, or is that just? God, I think Patterson. Obviously, Rodgers has talked about that before. Um, obviously, Tierney has played centre half before for Celtic. Just this season, but I don't know if that's. I think that'd be unfair against international quality strikers, because <laughs> T- Tierney's. I mean, Tierney is not a centre back, and T- 
Tierney would never play at centre back for Celtic in the Champions League, so uh, I don't think there's any any chance of Tierney playing centre back against uh, Slovenia or Slovakia. I also don't think Patterson's good enough to be worth shifting the defence around like that. To be honest, I really don't think he's that I agree. sort of good good a player. I don't know, it's just something I suggested. I don't even think if it was me, I probably wouldn't even go for that either. I can agree with Johnny. I'm not a huge fan of Patterson, but it's just something obviously Rogers has talked about it before and I don't know if Shakin would maybe want to do similar. But um yeah, I, I kinda just echo what everyone says. But uh, one thing I would say is Berra and Mulgrew is a big improvement from Martin and Hanley, I think. Yeah. Which which shouldn't yeah. be the case. Which shouldn't be well like, yeah. Which it shouldn't be the case, but it is. Like it is weird how you know, as much as people talk down the Scottish Premiership, that like you'd rather have you'd rather see Christoph Berra and Charlie Mulgrew who played here for Christmas how many years playing there as opposed to I mean what Hanley was what championship level down in England Martin where's Russell Martin playing he's, he's, <laughs> he's never really Norwich. been a Premier League he's played maybe a couple of seasons if he's lucky but he's always been a championship level centre back Hanley didn't get a game last season for Newcastle at all and now he's on to Norwich as well are they playing together at Norwich oh god, god Norwich god. League 1 football next season <laughs> I don't know if I don't remember where Martin is to be honest with you, but he was always at Norwich, so I'm just guessing he's still there. And that is Norwich relegation confirmed. <laughs> so I suppose is that is that kind of is that kind of positive we can see looking forward that that Strachan is maybe gonna. <sighs> we're looking to what 2020 now the next qualification campaign. If assuming this doesn't, hey, assuming come this on. I think it will. <laughs> A bit more positive. I know. I've, I know. We've all said we're not going to win both games, but I, I still. Oh, come on! We can't just be looking forward to twenty twenty already. I mean, I suppose the, the other thing we can look at now is there does there does seem to be less emphasis on one player because that was the thing from the last qualification campaign. I remember was when Sean Maloney wasn't in the team, you were a bit worried. Mm. You weren't entirely sure where goals were going to come from. Whereas now the team that seems that there's quite a few good attacking options. I mean, obviously Griffiths is uh, one. Wait till Griffiths goes missing and then think about what you've just said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's has been responsible for half the goals, hasn't he? Like yeah. seven of the last eight, six of the last seven goals, Griffiths has been directly responsible. Scored three. Yeah, set scored up three. It's funny as well because everyone was going on about how oh, he never scored a international goal. Well, well, I think it was competitive international goal, and this was the big thing that was kind of thrown, kind of thrown in the mix when folk were saying, "Oh, why is Griffiths not starting?" Like just absolute nonsense from people. Like this obviously um, was uh, thankfully in the England game anyway. It was just. Uh, Shown to be a complete false argument given he scored two free kicks in the space of what two minutes, but um, <laughs> I, I I don't know. Um, I, I agree with him. I think if Griffiths goes at the team, you're kind of yeah, yeah, actually, <laughs> you're kind of fucked. I was just thinking there because it was something I was thinking like, ah, oh, he hasn't been scoring all the goals, and I've been I've just been thinking back. It's like, no, he has literally set all of them up <laughs> apart from what two. Yeah. Right, okay. I get your yeah, original point though, Gab. Yeah. I would say we're much less reliant on we're more capable of using the squad than we were. If if you know what I mean, we I I I genuinely do think the team now is better, and it's it is something to be genuinely excited about. We've got some good young players. We've got Tierney. We've got Robertson. 
well, not, I was going to say Griffiths there. We've got uh, Armstrong. We've got players that have got a genuine future at international level playing, and not just players like James Morrison, who are just probably going to knock around at exactly the same level for the rest of their existence in the Scotland national mm. team. You know, if you know what I mean, like yeah, without no, being too point. harsh on them, we've got players that can genuinely improve the team in years to come, rather than just stagnating now. I feel. Yeah, I agree. That appears to be a nice positive note. Do we, does anybody want to make any other points about Scotland over the weekend, or, or can we, or can uh, we move on? I'd just say that I wouldn't get overboard. I think Friday, if you're asking me a ten out of ten or a, out of ten, I'd give Friday a seven or an eight. Uh, I think Monday about a five, kind of be a minimum. They did the job, so I think it was a good. Obviously, six points at six points. You can't argue. You can't get any more points than that. Um, so I think I think they did the job, but I would I would save um, all the kind of overboard stuff for if we do make the playoffs. Which if we make the playoffs, looking at where we were before Slovenia at home would be probably oh, yeah. I don't know probably Gordon Strachan's greatest achievement in terms of where he was to to where he'd take us. Hmm. Equaling the achievements of the mighty Bertie Vox, some. <laughs> I would say Friday night was a, was probably the best performance of. Mm, one of the Strachan's best performances, if not the best, I would say, was as, as Scotland manager. I think the most complete performance were really in control from from start to finish. I was really, really happy um, with how that went. I mean, the first you see the, the first time we've beaten a non-sixth seed, or more than a goal for 12 years, um, tells you all you need to know. Um, and last night was utterly depressing in the stadium, but... Uh, um, yeah, I was. I mean, the, the, uh, sitting in the train on the way back, you just heard the only pe- words that people were saying to each other was "job done, three points, job done," and that was it. And everyone was kind of a bit sad, but a bit satisfied, I guess. That, that's the most important thing. Yeah, Lewis, you want to add anything? Uh, we won't qualify. <sighs> oh, you're the cynic. <laughs> just fitting of your description. Just throwing out some truth there. Some facts. Yeah, some facts. The sheep. Wonderful. Right. Okay. We will. We will move on on that uh, life light cheery <laughs> note. Uh, I'm the Edinburgh Cup. I know. I know. People really, really want to Yay. talk about this. Phenomenal. Right. <laughs> <laughs> do Do I want to? Do you want to go through the? Do you want to go through the whole draw, or do we want to to kind of pick out our our, our favourite ties? Our favourite time. I mean, it's Falk, it's Falkirk and and Dundee United Linfield, doesn't it? This is what we're all. This is what we're all. Just yeah, that's great. Co- Cove Rangers got foreign opposition, did they not? Yeah, they did. They've they got Crusaders. Crusaders. Is, that, is that the first time ever Highland teams played a competitive match against a non-Scottish opposition? Obviously, other than Inverness in Europa League. Um, I would be willing to say so. That's pretty cool for them. I would imagine. And New Saints are hosting Elgin City. That's that's the other that's one. That's something. So is, is the Ironbrook Cup an SPFL trophy? And there's no SPFL team playing in one of the ties. <laughs> <laughs> Makes a bit of mockery of the competition, doesn't it? <laughs> cool. That's pretty great, to be fair. No, that. Lewis, I'll come to you. I'll I'll come to you and. Uh, you know how the the Copa? I'm assuming with your like knowledge, knowledge. of some South American foot, football, <laughs> uh, you know how the the Copa Copa America. Well, actually, anyone can jump in here. The Copa America occasionally like invites teams to compete in it. Yes. yes. From other continents, yeah. has has that ever happened? Where two invited teams play each other? 
I think that off the top of their head, I, 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 don't, I don't know the answer. I, I think the reason why they, they do it in the, in the Cup of America, I think they have a non number teams anyway, so I think they, they need uh-huh. to do it like, uh, in order mm. to kind of make the pre groups balanced. Um, I'm not <laughs> sure if that's ever happened, to be honest. But uh, I named the invite in Japan once, which was quite weird. Yeah, uh-huh. and mm. usually it's like a, a kind of Mexico or like kind of countries that quite kind of yeah USA countries that are maybe quite close. Mm. Right. Okay. So yeah. So apart so from South yeah. America, uh, Cove Rangers, Cove Rangers against Crusaders might be the first time this has ever happened. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, um, I mean, obviously we saw Celtic against Linfield earlier on in the season. Do we fancy them? Dundee United to get past them here? Yes. Considering, considering the fact that Dundee United have gone from according to Tom McKinnon all conquering Crusaders of uh, well not that those Crusaders but all conquering uh, Dundee United that we're going to just demolish a championship to this result's been coming when they lose three 0 against St Mirren do we do we still fancy them to to get to get through this? I would imagine so. Given that Linfield only won by one goal against a non-league team at the weekend, I think they're not the. Good. It really is. I don't know. It's astonishing. Like. Linfield, the most successful team in the world. Linfield are playing an only team at the weekend. Yeah, they beat Spartans 2-1 away from home. So that would actually be the first occasion that ever happened then. Oh. There we go then. That would Great, that all that conversation is completely pointless. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Great. Good job, boys. Yeah. So we probably should have been paying more attention to that then. To be fair, it was nice to see all the under-20s teams get absolutely bodied at the weekend. Yeah, that was delightful. I think their aggregate score, like, they were down like 9-0 after 20 minutes. Like, I think, <laughs> uh, who, who was it? Was it Wraith were humping someone's reserves and Inverness were beating Aberdeen's reserves? Yeah, Wraith smashed Ross County under-20s, who won the under-20 league last year. Uh, they smashed them uh, 4-0. Uh, How did Hamilton's reserves get on? Uh, lost 3-1 at home to Cove non-league Cove Rangers uh, so yeah I mean obviously we need Cove teams in the league just to um, improve the quality of the young player coming through um, but I, I like I actually put a coupon on a, oh, I, mother, I put, mother was under 20 on, surely get on. <laughs> mother was under 20 surely get some some word of recognition holding uh, Crusaders until the last minute nah, that's just Irish nah. league yeah, how, the the co- teams can play in the Irish league. Then that that's the deal we'll make out of this. We can, I, 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 mean, I actually had a coupon on, and it was just basically every team that would play in the kind of cult teams. So uh, yeah, quite happy that came up. See, see my point? <laughs> why like why not just go like the whole hog, um, and make just make it a kind of British trophy? Like obviously without English teams, but make it just make it a, the Scottish um, three kind of lower leagues of the SPFL. Uh, the Irish top flight, the Welsh top flight, and the Northern Irish top flight. Why not just put them all in the trophy? Forget the Colt teams. Maybe even if you need to make up the numbers, put a few Highland and Lowland League teams in, and just make it like a proper tournament. Because why? Why are we just cherry picking? It's not even like it's not even the right teams we're taking for the countries. Like, did Dundalk not win the Irish League last year? Like, why are they not involved in the tournament? It's, 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 it's the teams that aren't. In- yeah, European competition though. Yeah, I, I but why? Dundalk aren't going to be in European competition at this stage. Right. I know they were last year, but that is like a <laughs> in the Europa moon. League playing Zenit last year, so I don't think they'd be up here playing against Cold Elgin Raiders. or whatever away from home. But like, just just make it like a kind of British and Irish trophy minus English leagues. I don't know. Maybe even invite like the English Conference or something like that. Make it a proper, like a proper kind of tournament rather than just check. Just rather than like. Having just this weird thing. The under twenties. Like, I yeah, think the under twenties is, is 
that's the biggest problem with it. Like that just that's just so stupid. I think as well. I think this year, um, given that the other twenties have had a bit more uh, influence in the tournament, even though they still get parked out of this round uh, competition, they, they did do better <laughs> than last year. That being said, I think that was more to do with how they kind of seeded things, but um, uh, they were still kind of there was more presence, and I think because of that, I think a lot of the kind of your Falkirks, your St Mirrens, your Wraith Rovers, I think they might quit up and go, ah, listen, this is, this is embarrassing, like, because well, it, it does provide a bit of a, I mean, it provides a, a kind of problem for, for these teams, I mean, do they play their full strength teams and just absolutely smash um, the under-20s, and then the under-20s don't really learn anything from these games, or do they put out their under-20s teams, which, like, Falkirk are going to end the under-20s, like, like, how would that have worked? Like, it's just, I, I don't know yeah. like, well, even Samirin and Hearts like Samirin have another 20 teams like, it's just it, it doesn't work I, I really hope they they get their act together um, I really hope we never see um, any Colt teams anywhere near the the, the, the war leagues um, and I, I just hope what this kind of puts it to bed but I'm not sure I really don't know because uh, as we know in Scottish football a lot of people can be quite stubborn when it comes to ideas Mm. Yeah, I would agree with everything that's said there. But um, also a point, Connors Key did play, Connors Key, who Dumbarton beat there at the weekend, did actually play in Europe this year and last year. And the both years they won a match. Connors Key won two European matches in the last two mm. years. They beat Helsinki this what? year. They beat Helsinki Jesus. this year. And last year they beat Stebeck, however you pronounce that. I think they're Norway. from Norway, yeah. They won away to them. <laughs> They actually won that tie. They drew it home and won away. So they've won a European tie last year and lost away in Serbia 3-1 on aggregate and then lost 3-1 to Helsinki winning at home this year. That's the sort... How are they doing well in Europe? That is crazy. I mean, I've never seen a bigger bunch of hammer throwers on a football field in my life. (laughs) The best thing about it as well was the manager was like complaining after it about the referee getting influenced by the Dumbarton crowd. Like the three hundred <laughs> fans that were there, like I, I just it was, oh. I, it was I couldn't believe his comments after it, but yeah, it was just there were a bunch of hammer throws. Like as simple as what Johnny says. Uh, that being said, the Barton were absolutely god awful as well. Uh, mm. That's the worst standard uh, football game that I've seen yeah. in a long, 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 long time, maybe ever. I mean, it was, it was like they could, like you were trying to count how many passes they could string together before losing it, and it was like. It, <laughs> Wasn't it great? But the, to be fair, there was a lot of kind of good, good scenes and good moments in it, which is well for me anyway is one of the most important aspects. Uh, if you're going to trek all the way to Dumbarton to, to for your football fix on the weekend. Mm. Mm. No, I mean it's interesting because like the competition as a whole just seems to be a bit of a farce. Yeah, I don't <laughs> know if you guys read up on the thing about the penalty kick set up yeah. and one of the penalty yeah. shots somewhere used the new ABBA winner-takes-all method and the other penalty shootout did the, just the classic uh, you take one, I'll take one, you take one, I'll take one and it's like th- things like that for me just make a, a complete mockery of the tournament you, know, like, you clearly don't have a rule book then or the referee clearly doesn't know the rule book because there must be written in the rules somewhere <laughs> penalties will work like this and it, it's just it's, um, it's all, it is farcical really um, the tournament the tournament's lost whatever kind of it was never ever a really big tournament was it but I mean tell that to the likes of Wraith Rovers when they but, beat Rangers but, in the final and oh yeah. Queen no, of the no, South well, and teams like that but tell that to Stenhouse Muir but I mean that's their biggest achievement 
like period like and, it, and that's what it was all about it was about giving teams like that a chance to to win a trophy and I think the whole meaning of the term has just been completely bastardised with this whatever the fuck this is like now um, cause it doesn't really seem to have I mean I don't know what it is is it a pan like pan kind of British kind of tournament is it under 20 it's not 20s, even that it's just like, p- pick a couple of Irish teams and chuck them in yeah, oh yeah, I'd be totally for that, but it just it, it doesn't have an identity anymore. It is, as you said about the whole penalty thing, there's no real structure, there's no lot of communication. Um, the Irish referee who was refereed in the Barton game uh, was absolutely appalling for the record as well. Um, I mean, we talk about the Scottish referee standards uh, quite a lot in this uh, podcast, but he was honestly, and I'm sure Johnny will testify as well, he was one of the worst. Yeah, uh, worst I've, I've seen, ever seen in the flesh, but. Um, I just the, the whole tournament. I don't know. It's, it's yeah, annoying, the annoying thing is as well that like Iron Brew, the sponsor of the tournament, are doing like really good work and they're promoting on social media and the way they're running mm. the tournament. In terms of their whole thing, with the way they do the draw and the way they publicise it and the fact they're periscoping the draw live and and whatever it is really good and the marketing's really good. But I, I'd, for me, I would like the first thing I would do is take the Colt teams out. And then I think you solve a lot of your problems because just by including youth teams in it, which is what Colt teams are, you're completely ridiculing the tournament. Uh, and I then maybe, to be honest, I, I'd probably take take the Irish and Welsh and all the Irish teams out and and fill it with Highland and Lowland teams and just make it a real kind of big tournament and make it that kind of feeling for it. I don't know, maybe even take the championship teams out as well. Maybe they they've got their eyes on too many other things, but. I just think at the moment it's uh, it's just not not a tournament I really care about at all. To be fair, they are getting a wee bit of money, well, as much as you can, I suppose you can get, but they're still getting a wee bit of money from um, obviously S4C, the Welsh channel. Um, I think uh, there's, I'm sure there's an IA channel as well, maybe RT, I'm not sure. Um, but obviously they're getting money for that. Uh, actually, it might be Premier Sports, if I'm right, uh, that have some of the rights, but... Um, mm-hmm. so. But then it just adds to the thing like, what are the Colt teams bringing? Like, are folk really interested in seeing Aberdeen under twenties on the TV kind of thing? Like, I don't know. I, I think I totally agree with you, Hamish. Ideally, it would just go back to being the Scottish teams. But if they do have to have the Irish teams on it, then make sure get rid of the Colt teams because there is no reasonable argument for their inclusion. It's very interesting that you guys are like completely against it because uh, from what I'm right in thinking, you guys did actually see some of the what was the what was the Stuttgart team Stuttgart two or whatever it was, was yeah. playing in the yeah, yeah Stuttgart reserves play they played like eight minutes from the the halls that we stayed in and they also ground shared with Stuttgart kickers who are a, a full time team. Um, I mean me, me and Hamish yeah Stuttgart kickers are, are a completely independent team and Stuttgart. The, the second team of VfB Stuttgart, the Bundesliga team, they play in the same ground. I mean, I think me and Hamish, I was definitely at both. I think you were at both as well, Hamish. And and, and yeah, the, I was at the kickers and the and the Stuttgart too. Yeah, game. I mean, it's incomparable. I mean, Stuttgart kickers yeah. average just under two and a half thousand, which is hardly massive. But I mean, they're a a, pro- a proper team where you go and you have a proper atmosphere. And in Stuttgart reserves, it's it's not so. You go there's. I think the last time I was there, there were 680 fans, and this is in a city where Stuttgart were averaging 60,000 last season in the second tier. The fans of Stuttgart do not care about the second team. 99% of them do not care, do not want Mm. to watch that team. And to think that 
Celtic and Rangers fans will be interested in a cult team. It's 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 ludicrous. They won't care. I mean, when you've got sixty thousand going every sing every second week to a game, and you can attract six hundred. What's that? One one hundredth of the crowd. Yeah. You won't get more than three or four hundred unless Celtic and Rangers Colts played each other, which they would anyway in a reserve league. You, there's no fan base there for it, and that's the same. I think Stuttgart's reserves are even one of the highest attendances in Germany, and it totally saps the the. Yeah. It, it ruins the league, and actually, interestingly, Elf Freunde, the German football magazine, it's really popular about fan. They have a magazine about fan culture, basically. And they released a petition um, during the week, um, basically saying, "This is how we want to restructure the regional league and the regional leagues," and that was their main objective to get rid of all reserve teams from the regional leagues. So it's really not not popular. So if anyone ever tells you it works in Germany, then trust me, it's not popular, and I, I don't think it works either. Anything you would say, Hamish? No. No. A ringing endorsement. Anyway, yeah, so we're all buzzing for, we're all buzzing for the next round of the Iron Man. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, there's actually some really nice draws. Now now that all the the under twenties teams are gone, there's some nice draws. <laughs> no, I'll be good. I mean Samaran Race Rovers, that'll be an interesting one. Kinda Yeah, that's a replay of the kind of the 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 the, the, the relegation battle game last year, Falkirk from Fairland, the Fairland can stick with boot in. Mm. Inverness Peterhead kind of I'm going to say Highland Derby oh, I knew, Derby, I knew I that was going to come out it's like two and a half hours apart <laughs> <laughs> no they both they both played north of Perth so <laughs> therefore it's a Highland Derby uh, yeah so I mean I mean some good ones in there yeah there are some nice draws I, right. I'm, I'm just upset because I wanted to I wanted to take a new stadium off the list and go to Stranraer and my only objective, like I said, I don't want to go back to Dumbarton, and Dumbarton got a home draw against Stranraer, so that was quite annoying. But yeah, there are some nice, maybe St Mirren or, or Falkirk. Um, yeah, there's some nice ties. Uh, Elgin away to Bray, if they can afford to get the the plane over. <laughs> Could be <laughs> enjoyable. Cove away to well. TNS. Uh, TNS, yeah. Uh, Elgin knocked out Bray, of course. Uh, of course. Right, lads, I think that's us. Good. Is it? Yes, I'm, hopefully. Unless anyone else wants to add anything else. That's it. Right, lads, it's been an absolute pleasure. Jonathan Clark, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you. Yep, you too, Gam. I'd like to be back. Gustav Hamish Carton, it's been lovely to have you back. I think it's the first podcast we've been on this year together. Yeah, quite possibly the last as well. <laughs> no, nothing, nothing you've done wrong, Gamba, don't worry. Okay, fine, sure. I'm sure I'll take that. <laughs> Uh, well, it's hopefully you aren't chucking me off the podcast yet. No, this will also be my last podcast ever. <laughs> as as a result, as a result of that Iron Brew yes. Cup chat, right? Okay, yes. <laughs> Ingenious. Very <laughs> right, yes. It's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you too, and we will speak to you soon. Goodbye. <laughs>